All right, welcome back to another episode of Too Much Podtar. As our series, This Day in Baseball History, continues, as today is March 29th, and we look back on the history of this day, what happened, what big big events happened, who was born, and stuff. So we've been doing this for a couple days now, and it's exciting to look back at certain things, and especially as you go back farther, you get some really interesting ones, like... So, like, baseball players are getting traded for parks or get letting snakes loose on a train. So, definitely an interesting thing to, to look at. That's gone! George Brett has just homered, and Billy Martin and the Yankees want the bat. Look at Martin. Well, what they're talking about, Frank, is that he's got too much... Potter. <laughs> way, way too much pod dark. So let's start with this this day. Last year, on this day, Paul Goldschmidt, who was signed the Cardinals before the season, he got four hits, and that included three home runs. And that was his only. That was the second game of, with the team. So he had a really good debut there. Ended up not being one of his greatest seasons, batting average and everything, but definitely definitely nice start to a new team. We'll see where it goes this year. Yeah, I think we'll be seeing him out of Arizona. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think he'll have a better season this year. Oh, definitely. I think the Cardinals still win that division. I think it's it's definitely gonna be a close one. I think there's a good chance they'll take it, but it's gonna be a close one. Yeah, it's like all the other teams didn't didn't really do much at like in the off season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, the Reds did a lot, but I was gonna say if if anything, then like it, the Reds shouldn't be a surprise seeing them like up there. They no. could definitely be a, a challenge for that division now. Definitely. And then another team debut in 2018 was Giancarlo Stanton, who was traded to them in the off season, and he had he had his first home run with, or he had hit his first two home runs with them in his debut. So that was a memorable day, mem- memorable day to start off his career in pinstripes, which you know it's been kind of hasn't been as good like. The rest of that year, he was he did he did very very well. It was one of the Yankees' best hitters the whole season. While Judge was out for a while, he kind of held the team down along with Andujar. But and he was ended up being injured last year a lot. He only just played whatever amount of games, seventeen games or something like that. But and then he also was injured now in spring training. But hopefully this off this. I think this time off is going to help him come come back and be ready whenever the season does start. So it's a plus. How much he gets injured? Yeah. Hopefully he's healthy all year. <clears throat> Whatever year consists of. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be tough if they do end up having like. A doubleheader a week, it's going to be 
hard for him to play every every day. They have double headers. It's like it's like they expanded the roster, knowing <laughs> we're gonna need an extra player. I feel like they should. They they might have to expand into another one too. Like they they might. Yeah. It really it depends obviously on how they decide to go about things though. Yeah. It's gonna be weird. I mean, it's gonna be exciting too at the same time because we might have baseball on Thanksgiving, but. <laughs> Imagine baseball on Thanksgiving. Imagine the World Series on Christmas. <laughs> Literally, Game 7. Game December 25th. That's If the Yankees were playing, that would be a good present. Right? Wouldn't, wouldn't even open my presents. I'd just be watching the Yankees. I don't care. <laughs> Baseball on Christmas dreams do come true. <laughs> Only sucky thing would be is probably it would probably be played in like Miami or something. Would be at Yankee Stadium or anything. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it doesn't matter this year though because it's going to be uh, the Tigers and the Pirates. Oh yeah. Oh wait, that'll actually be the Marlins, so we don't have to worry about that anyway. Because they just they'll play at their own park. <laughs> they play at their park for the home games, but then for their away games, they go to like I don't know, Houston. No, imagine the World Series in Houston. Oh my god! Oh god! Oh, the Astros versus the Astros versus the Marlins. That's a World Series right there. That's that would be crazy. What what Twilight Zone is this? I don't know. I think this is what happens when we have no sports on. We just go, <laughs> we dive into big, giant Twilight Zones. The whole NL East is expected <laughs> to, like, go off this year, except for the Marlins. Marlins to the World Series. <laughs> yeah. But back in 2006, outfielder Marquise Grissom announced his retirement. He played 17 years with six different teams. He was two-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover. He had four and 29 stolen bases. He had 78 in 1992. Wow. That's a lot of stolen bases. 76 the year before. Yeah. Wow. That is insane. And then he... He was one of seven players with 2,000 hits, 200 home runs, and four in stolen bases. Wow, that's that's a good, that's some good company. Seven, only seven players. Wow. And then the year before that, <clears throat> Andrus Galarraga, Galarraga, yeah, announced his retirement too. He was a five-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glover in 19 years. And he was a 288 hitter with 399 home runs and 1425 RBIs. 2,257 games played. Won the batting title, 93, batted 370. Whoa. Wow. In 120 games played. That's crazy.
370. That's a high mark. Then back in 2001, uh, Todd, Todd Helton signed a nine-year, $141.5 million contract with the Rockies, which made him the highest-paid player in Rockies history. And then that in the year before that, Helton Helton had a 372 average with 42 home runs and 147 RBIs, which made them do that extension. That I mean, hit that well, you're gonna get an extension. Holy crap! Yeah, it goes back to the kind of like we were saying the other day with the Cabrera, the yeah. eight-year extension. That's I mean, after winning back-to-back MVPs, like, I could definitely see why you're giving him that type. Yeah. That made him, though, that made Helton highest at the time because yeah. Arnado's is higher now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Arnado's at, like, 250, 260. Mm-hmm. Helton, I think Helton should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's, what is he, on the bracket? No, he's already on the ballot. I think. Days are on the ballot. He should, I think he should make it at some point. It's, he was, we're going to get the Colorado effect there. Yeah, I hate that stupid thing, though. Like, come on. Thankfully, Walker made it in, like, it's ridiculous it took him that long. Yeah. We might, it might take Helton a little bit, and that's going to be why, but I think he should make it, and I think there's a good chance he will, but I think it's going to take longer than most expect that it should for his caliber. Yeah. Yeah, and that 2000 season, he led the league in hits, doubles, RBIs, batting average, on base percentage, slugging, and OPS. Holy crap. He was he was only fifth in MVP voting that year. Never won an MVP, and he was rookie. He was he was second in rookie of the year in 1998. Second. Yeah. Let's see who won the MVP in 2000. Oh. Oh, wait. Oh. Kerry Wood was number one. 2000. Um, wait, what? Kerry Wood was what? To, for the rookie of the year. Oh. NL, NL rookie of the year went to Kerry Wood. Yeah. Oh, Jason Giambi won the 2000 MVP. Over him, yeah. Wait a minute. What the fuck? I'm looking at this list. I don't even see him. Oh, wait. Never mind. That's the. That's I'm looking at the AL. No, it was Jeff Kent. I know. Jeff, Jeff Kent. Kent. Yeah. He had a 125 RBIs, 33 home runs. But that's weird. Todd Helton was better. What the hell? Todd 
Todd Helton had a higher, yeah, he literally had a, like, he was literally tops in everything, like, pretty much every category. So how the hell did he finish fifth? Like, he was oh, even, <laughs> these freaking voters, I, like, he was even better than Barry Bonds. Like, he, he literally led the league in, like, every category, and somehow, like, except for walks, which was Barry Bonds with 117 walks. And he got Bonds was second in MVP. And it was Piazza at Jim Edmonds and Helton. It's like, what? The... I don't get it. It definitely partially like has to go with like team, how the teams ended up doing. Because like Giants, I believe, I don't know, did they lead the league? I know they led the National League and win. Yeah, they led the league in wins that year. And Mets went to the World Series that year with 94 wins during the season. They didn't win the division, but and then the Rockies came in fourth in their division. I think that whole thing is just stupid, like the whole argument. Like I think I think they should just have two separate awards. Like have one MVP most valuable, like most valuable to your team, like to the, like the best team. Yeah, it, it comes down to that. Then it's where where do we draw the line of valuable, most valuable player being who did the best and like how much you helped your team and all. Yeah, it's like, and then of course the Colorado effect. <laughs> uh, that's that's probably a part of it too. That's why his numbers were imploded. That will always be a part of it. It makes no sense. Like, literally, there's, there's really like evidence in the pudding. Like, come on. Like last year, like it showed last year with DJ LeMayu freaking going to the Yankees and still doing as just as good as he when he did when he was in Colorado. It's it's gonna show with a lot of these Colorado players, like. Yeah. Like, if there's, no. well, yeah, like, like I want, I want someone to say, I want to hear someone say that Helton really wasn't that good. I want to hear someone say that Arenado's really like not that good. Like, it's I, there's too much emphasis on the whole Colorado thing. Yeah, there is. Well, when when uh, Aaron Otto was inevitably uh, traded, he's gonna show that that's not a, that's that's just gonna be the same thing with him. Yeah, I think he'll probably be traded this. Oh, well, maybe not. Maybe not this year, but well, I feel like they've been talking about it so long that he probably will end up being traded. At, like at least a. Like next off season, yeah. Just, I don't even know what's gonna happen. Like, what's gonna happen with the trade deadline this year with this shortened season, like, or whatever. I think it's gonna come down to what they decide to do with the season. Yeah. The best bet will be they'll put it like the same to say percentage into the season. You know, what I mean, like. 
like if it's three fourths into the season, like they'll still try to make it three fourths into the season type of thing. But yeah, that would make sense. Who like it's one of those things. Honestly, who knows what they're gonna do? I have no idea. We could we could have a whole. <laughs> we've we've slightly come off track, but we, we could have a whole episode on that one day. Um, <laughs> but um, the seven thousand things that can be done for this season. Yeah. But moving forward, or actually backwards, because we're going back in time. So, uh, nineteen ninety-seven, Chipper Jones got his own chocolate bar. Uh, Molly's Chocolates announced the introductions of the Chipper Jones candy bar. And he was the first first member of the Braves to get his own candy bar. So that's interesting. That was actually something I didn't know. I didn't know he had his own candy bar. No. It's, uh, one of the greatest Mets killers of all time. Yeah. Loved Shea Stadium. Loved playing at Shea Stadium so much. He named his kid Shay. <laughs> wow, that's that's a jab. That's oh. I love him. I, I I don't care. I love Chipper Jones, yeah. but like just deadly against the Mets. Oh yeah, he was actually like him and Derek Jeter were my two favorite players. Like. Obviously, Jeter because he's a Yankees fan, but like yeah. outside of the Yankees, Chipper Jones is my favorite growing up. I, I always hated like loving players that were on like rival teams. Oh, yeah. He's one of those few guys that was yeah. always like, I hate you because of where you are and what you do. But like always definitely one of my favorite players. Yeah, that was me with like Mookie Betts, but now he's now I don't really have to, I don't have to even hate to love. Have to have any? Yeah, he's on the Dodgers. So, well, but he'll be a free agent. That then maybe the Red Sox will re-sign him. I don't know. Unless the Dodgers just extend him or something. All right, and then to that I forgot to mention about two thousand. They had their first opening day game ever played outside the U.S., Canada, or Mexico. They played first first game in Japan, first series in Japan. Or I guess it was just one game, or I don't know. But the Cubs beat the the Mets in the Tokyo Dome, 5-3. to three. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they've been playing, going over to play in Japan for 20 years, or 19 years now. Yeah, they go, they go there pretty often now. Um, it's also Mets Lawson opening day. It's very upsetting. It doesn't happen too often. If I remember correctly, the Mets, I think, have the best opening day record. Mm. It's how they like to reel us fans in. We're yeah. going to do good for the first, like, three weeks of baseball. And then, you know, then we'll implode. Mm. Well, you have maybe you have better luck this year with a shorter season, if that's what it is. It could go one of two ways. Either we could 
start the season out great like we normally do, but later, or we skip that whole good beginning because we're out oh. of April and we yeah. just go straight into the implosion. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that would be up something. Oh. That's like, I remember, like, Mark DeShare would always have a terrible April, like, every year for the Yankees. And then one year he got injured, I think, and then he was out for April, and then he came back in May, and then... But he still had a he still had a bad May too. It's like he was like just used to like being terrible for the first month or something. <laughs> that's that's what's gonna come down to. It's gonna be are you are you really good in the first month or are you really just good in April? Which one is it? <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to 1984. Uh, the Yankees traded away one of their last key members of their their previous World Series championship, and they traded Greg Nettles, great the great third baseman to the Padres, for pitcher Dennis Rasmussen, and a player to be named later. And uh, and uh. Nettles went on to hit 20 home runs and led the Padres to the 1984 World Series, which they ultimately lost. And that was the only World Series they've been to until 1988 when they got swept by the Yankees. So. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that trade. It was... It was just honestly, it's one of those weird ones. It's old guy and closer to end of the career. Yeah. Get the younger guy. I know what's it called. That was only Rasmus only played one season before that. Not even really. Pitched like fourteen innings the season before. It's always it's always interesting to see. Some of these, uh, how these trades turn out later on, though, for for like trades like this, where you have these older guys that um, were with a team for so long, but they're just getting to the end there, and see what this new young guy, like what they actually could turn out into because it's like that you're trading for someone with no MLB experience. So it's one of those, yeah. it's, it, it follows a line of like, what if type of things. Oh yeah. Part of it was like George Steinbrenner's ego too. Cause like, the he was Nettles was anger. I mean Nettles angered Steinbrenner because of something he wrote in a book. He criticized him in a book. Mm-hmm. So then that's when he turned around and traded him. He's like, oh, okay. He came and Rasmussen only stayed on the Yankees for like three years. Yeah. Either way, though, like Nettles was at the end of his career there, pretty much. He bounced around after that. Yeah.
another another Yankees one, 1975. Mel Stoudemire. Uh, he was ended up getting released by the Yankees after suffering from a torn rotator cuff. And he, during his Yankees career, he had a 164 and 139 record, 297 ERA, and 40 shutouts in his 11 years with the Yankees. Five-time All-Star selection. Yep. That that ended his career there too. Yeah. So sad to see him. You know, get, have to leave. Have to end his career with an injury like that. But yeah, so. it's always sad to see like careers ended by injury. Desner, one of those just longevity with the team. Like he spent his whole career with the Yankees. And then he wound up going back to being a pitching coach, too. Mm-hmm. And then last year, it was actually last January he died, January 13th. Oh, yeah, he was definitely one of the best pitchers in the game at that time. Mm-hmm. And now his son, is uh, he's a pitching coach. Um, where is he? He played for the Royals. I I don't even know where. He, I don't know what team he's a pitching coach for. No, Marlins. He's actually pitching coach for the Marlins now. So. Okay. Young guys down there. What's that? They got a bunch of nice young guys down there, the Marlins. Oh, yeah. It's going to take them a little while to get, get oh, good. Oh, yeah. But... They're, <laughs> they're going to need a little bit, but they'll they'll get there. Yeah, they'll get around. Then back in 1954... Cubs manager Phil Cavaretta. He was fired for giving a defeatist attitude towards the Cubs' chances that season, and and he was fired in spring training. First, became the first manager to be fired in spring during spring training, and now, much to dis- your dismay, the first. The first uh, manager to be fired before spring training became Carlos Beltran because of the whole Astros, the fallout from the Astros cheating scandal, which we talked about before coming on the show. So, really, I don't want to get you upset anymore. So, we don't have to talk about it anymore. I'm going to but... just, just go into the corner quickly and <laughs> I'm going to just need a minute. <laughs> Damn. No, it's it's. We'll we'll see how this all goes. <laughs> I like I like who we got in there now. Mm-hmm. They did what they had to do. Yeah. It sucks, but it was all all the right choice. Oh yeah. Then we also got a really important birthday birth birthday birthday on this day. Denton True Cy Young was born. 
in 18... Who's that? 1887. <laughs> I don't know. And then, I actually didn't even really know this, but his nickname Psy came from his cyclone-like pitching motion. Yep. And he wound up pitching to a 511-316 record, 263 RA, and he won 20 or more games 15 times. And he had he topped the 30 win mark five, five times over 22 years. Hall of Fame in 1937. So, yeah. I mean, day- you got to be somewhat decent if, you know, you got an award named after you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just just a little. He's just a little yeah. good. Just a little bit. Yeah, this day is some has some really major importance there with that with that birthday. It would have been 154 today if he was still alive. Or no, 153, sorry. Oh, yeah, 154. So, and yeah, that's March 29th in history. We'll be still continuing these every day for as long as we want until maybe until the season starts or whatever. So, yeah, I could keep listening and hopefully we get baseball soon. You, never, you can never have too much pot tar.